Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We've got to be the body to rock it like we're never going to see it again. We are exploding. The world is going to know it. We'll rock it like you're never going to see us again. Pure Gold is live on the air for this Wednesday night, 2013. Welcome to the old school edition of Pure Gold, the show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is. My name is Joe Pacino, coming straight out of... And we out of your home. Yes, that's right, and my tag team partner has his. David Gomez. Where is his home? G-G-A-K-A, sir. Make sure you folks listening out there give us a call. 714-364-4721. Check out our website, puregoldpg.com. Right now, we are not, and I repeat, not, on ir1640am.com. Oh, holy crap, sir. We, out of your homes. We are out of our homes. We are doing our show old school. That means that I am in somewhere in Bergen County. You are somewhere in whatever county, and we are doing probably our last show ever. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, uh, it looks like that might that might be the case. After the conversation I had with the missus, uh, I think uh, I think that out of our homes may be it. But folks, this is episode one hundred and fifty-two. We have done many shows over the years. We've done a whole lot of things. We've gotten into a whole bunch of business. But tonight, we are gonna kick it old school. Kick it the way that only PG knows how. Again, as I said earlier, check us out, puregoldpg.com, all of our amazing guests. Sir, tell us, what do we have on tap this evening? Well, there's everything and anything to talk about tonight, folks. Let's face it, the NBA players are underway. We'll get into the Knicks versus Celtics series, which is about to probably end tonight. We'll preview some hockey playoffs as my Islanders play tonight against the heavily favored Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll talk some baseball, unfortunately, We'll rip into some Mets because, let's face it, when you rip into the Mets, you just tell it like it is. We'll, me and Dave will break down that. We'll talk about briefly some wrestling nugget that I want to get into with John Cena. Like I said, we'll talk some, and we'll also talk about the NFL draft with Jessica Bueller, who's a radio talk show host at 6:30, breaking down the Jets and Giants draft and getting her general take on some other picks that some teams made. We'll have at seven o'clock. We'll have Miss South Dakota 2013, Jessica Alvers. And then, sir, we'll talk about some quick other nuggets that we've been talking about during our production meeting. All that and a bag of chips coming to you old school from our homes. First topic of the evening. Let's get right to it, sir. We're not at 1640. The debacle that is, you've created an empire. It, it crumbled all together over the last couple of days. Basically, our, our the owner of the station, Alvaro, don't know his last name, don't care what his last name is, decided to pull the plug on us, sir. 
He's taking a two-month hiatus, which means we are scrambling to do our show. Well, basically, folks, what Joe's referencing is, of course, Alvaro, who I don't even think I know his last name, uh, now that I think about it. But, um, you know, Alvaro's one of the owners of the station, and he uh, he's taking a two-month hiatus. Why it takes that long to set it up, I don't know. But his plan is to move the station to another location there in Newark, no longer at the uh, store that we've been uh, doing our show, where the studio is located in the back. Um, but this week, which is supposed to be the last week for all of the programs on the 1640 banner, has been a total epic collapse. Nothing has been working. The, the information... Um, the information has not been going through. Uh, for whatever reason, they're only able to transmit stuff from Portugal. The commercials, the everything, the music, it's all gone. It's all crapped up. I don't know why that is, sir, but unfortunately we've had a problem. And the reason Joe says it may be our last show is because uh, we're not going to be doing a show. We're going to take a vacation, basically, for the next two months. Uh, my, you know, my wife will start work soon. I will be working a second job. And we are not sure that what the future holds for uh, for Pure Gold. We would like to make it to our three-year anniversary in some facet. And we would also like to see if we can get a demo made and send it out there to all the different, you know, radio stations so that we can get on a station, uh, you know, a, a big-time station, as it were. And, you know, we'll kind of see how that goes. I don't want to beg like a dog here, but I know that we get over a 1,000 listens on average. I know the last couple of weeks haven't been too great for technical difficulties. People have been tuning out. But let me tell you, folks, you will get anything everything on the show. So I will beg like a dog, sir, on our potential last show for a while and and ask anybody that's listening to this show tonight that will listen to it obviously not live because we have no callers, we never get callers, is to please, please, please email us throughout the next couple months and let us know of any kind of feedback that you have about the show, if you want to see it come back. Dave, I know you agree with me. We want to hear anything and everything, even if it's all negative. Email us at puregoldpg at yahoo.com. We don't want to lose contact with our base. We don't want to lose our, our fan base of a 1,000, right around 1,000 listens per show. So that's that's something that I'm going to have to beg like a dog, sir. Well, you are a dog, sir, so that doesn't, uh, doesn't surprise me. I mean, willing, well. to, willing to sell your wife out for some wrestling uh, guests, I mean, Sir, you are truly the lowest of the low. But seriously, um, now, I'm not going to beg. But the truth of the matter is that when you uh, when you take our show in and of itself, in its entirety, I mean, hell, 152 episodes is quite impressive. You know, I've always wondered, why is it that sitcoms end on weird numbers? Like, if you get to episode 200, get to episode 100, get to episode 150, you know, with Netflix, you see a lot of those uh, 99 episodes and 135 episodes. But now I understand because in a day like today, when we're expecting to be in studio. We're not able to be in studio. Last week, we couldn't be in studio. Uh, this month has been a disaster as far as 1640 goes. And now here we are contemplating something we never thought, and that's the end of our show. Now, we love this show. We love uh, doing it. We have fun. We love entertaining the people out there listening. Unless Blog Talk is fudging the numbers, we've had almost 60,000 listens in the history of this program, and that's a lot. So we're excited about that, and we're thankful, of course, to everyone who has listened. But Joe and I do hope that we can make it on the station, and, you know, whether it's Sirius, which we both believe is our best bet. But who knows, sir? Maybe another station will hear us. Maybe they'll get those demos that we'll be working on within the next couple of weeks, sending them out. Maybe we will make it to the big time. You and I, pure gold. Oh, hell yeah. The one thing they can't take away from us is the fact that we've had over 100 guests, many different guests that Dave and I have enjoyed throughout the year, uh, almost uh, almost three years, the two and a half years. We've had a great run, not saying that it's over, but I'm just saying that we've had a lot of great guests throughout the two and a half years. It's been a great ride, 
And I just, you know, the only person that I think has been on show every single show has been the British lady, so we have to give it up to her. Of course you have to give it up to the British lady, but, sir, we have not reached 100 guests yet. We're close, but we're, we're close. not there yet, sir. There have been people that Dave, you know, Dave could pretty much add to his resume. He knows how to run a radio station. He has that under his belt now. He was a program director for a radio station here right in Newark, New Jersey. Some people betrayed him, and to those people I say, Go to hell! <laughs> yeah, exactly where they belong to be, sir. Uh, it, it's an absolute shame and embarrassment and debacle. But you know what? Right now, I would like to go and personally thank, although none of them have ever thanked me on their station, on their shows, which they should, which I, I spit on them for not doing this. They should all be thanking me and begging like a dog and sending me money. I would like to thank right now Ken Reedy of The Ken Reedy Show uh, for being a professional. I'd like to thank uh, Olga and DJ LOS from the Spanish Girl Radio, which unfortunately, through a lot of uh, problems and complications, wasn't really able to catch its it's footing here. I'd like to thank uh, Christine, of course, his personal friend of mine from Spirit Blaze Radio. Got to thank big ups to the big man, John Paul Gonzalez, who has who's had an entertaining show with the All In Show. Hopefully, he'll be able to do his last show tomorrow. Of course, got to thank Laura and Liz, who who have an excellent show, and I think they definitely have a future in radio. And I got to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Pat from New Jersey, Pat who is a famous busted open caller, Pat, who has become an ally in the war on radio terror, has been a great, great host. He's done a great job. I mean, hell, Joe, he even has an advertiser lined up for whenever the station comes back in 2015. I mean, Pat has been great. Got to give him thanks. And, uh, you know, that's that's basically the staff here. Uh, no, I left somebody out who does not need to be mentioned by name, but that's who you can tell, folks, if you notice, who's no longer on our website. The, the the traitorous person in question uh, need not <laughs> need not be named, but of course, folks, uh, I I got to thank all those people who've given this their best, especially Pat more than anybody else, um, probably more than anybody other than me has given his all to this station. So Pat, I thank you, I salute you. You're a great American. Also, got to thank Sean, who's done a great job as an intern. Uh, Samantha, who unfortunately. You know, was was not able to do a lot, but uh, you know, she came on at the end. And Mike, we did a couple of shows, so thankful to them. And I'm I'm hoping that we'll be able to work with them in the future, if uh, you know, 1640 doesn't pan out, which unfortunately it does not seem like it's ever going to. So the the bottom line here, folks, is that Pure Gold hopefully may be back in July at the, on 16 yeah on 1640 a.m. with Alvaro relocating the antenna. I think he's personally picking up that antenna himself and moving it because it takes two months apparently to literally move that antenna over to wherever he's moving to. So if we do move there, we'll be there for, I would guess, from July to all the way December. We hope to close out the show in terms of doing Block Talk Radio then, and then hopefully to bigger and better things as we try to attempt to uh, make a demo tape. Yeah, we we attempt. We try, but we'll have to see how that goes. I mean, we're definitely going to do it, but if, it, if it'll be a success, then only God knows it. <laughs> Only God knows, but sir, let's get to the program. We'll we'll, uh, we'll discuss about our future show if we're going to do one, and if we do, we'll have a production meeting. Me and Dave in person sometime next week to go over a demo tape. We'll also talk about when we want to do our show. If we want to do it at ten o'clock at night for half an hour, just to go over some hot topics. But for now, folks, we will be taking a break after tonight. So let's enjoy this last show for now, and let's get right to it, sir. Are you ready? Are you ready? Absolutely, <laughs> sir. Let's break it down DX style. 
Let's get right into the NBA playoffs because we've been away for a while and the NBA playoffs have started. Unfortunately for me, my Celtics have laid an egg, went down basically 3-0 to your mighty Knicks. The one caveat I must say is that when you take your best player out of the playoffs, which uh, happens the Playoffs? Who talk about? Playoffs? You kidding happen- me? Yeah, playoffs? Yeah, which happened to be Rajon Rondo. When you take him out of the mix, that's like taking Carmelo Anthony out of the mix. The wait, team wait, is a second, wait a second, Go wait ahead. a second. Rajon Rondo is not the godfather. <laughs> Speaking of the godfather, we might as well just get into that. How about the sixth man of the year on a contract year, your man, J.R., the man, swashbuckling, Smith. Two kisses on the wrist. <laughs> Swish. You know what's amazing is that his teammates be like, no, no, no. <laughs> yes. I love J.R. Smith. I think he's great. He is truly the sixth man of the year in a contract year, like you said. Uh, I mean, I can't say enough about him. He's done a great job. Carm- uh, he's suspended currently. Actually, no, he served his one-game suspension in the last game, correct? Against the correct. Uh, Celtics, so he, will not, so he will be back. But, um, you know, the Knicks have done a great job in the series. Uh, Carmelo has played like an animal, like a beast. He's truly earned the godfather. Novak is driving Buax. I mean, I was hoping it would be a sweep, and it wasn't, so you get to save some face there, sir. But I have to say the Celtics are definitely going down this evening. Um, but, you know, Joe, let me ask you. You said it, but let, let's let's break it down PG style. Do you really think to yourself, man, what a disappointing season? Or you're like, well, you know, with Rondo going down, uh, what can you expect? I mean, did you really think that the Celtics were going to win this series, missing their best player? What's amazing is that um, when Ronda went down, I thought the season was, was over right then and there in January. And then they seemed to play a little better without him. And I don't know if that's a, a detriment to him when he comes back and if he's really a, a malcontent in the locker room. But they started to play well, and then they lost this one key game during the Miami Heat run of whatever, 35 uh, games in a row. They almost won a game on a Monday night. And from there, it seemed like they floundered and they limped into the playoffs. And from there... I kind of knew that this team wasn't going to go far. I thought they had a shot to at least win one round, but they, they're matched up against a Knicks team that's fully loaded right now, and they're, they're, they're primed to make a run to the Eastern Conference Finals to play the Heat. Uh, they just have to get through the Celtics tonight, which I pretty much will guarantee a victory for the Knicks tonight. I think at home in Madison Square Garden, the Knicks are not losing tonight, and then they'll face the winner of the Pacers and uh, Hawks game uh, series, which is going right now. You know they're tied two two, so the Knicks have a chance to rest up their their older players because I believe they are the oldest team in the NBA, sir. So I really think that the Knicks close it out tonight. They wait for the Pacers, who I think are going to uh, beat the Hawks, and then they'll they'll play the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. Sir, if they play the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals, all bets are off. I would love to see the Knicks win. I mean, I'm I'm not necessarily banking on it. But, sir, the Knicks, you know, the fact that they're going to win this series, the fact that they're going to get out of the first round, um, I think that's a, definitely an accomplishment. And I'm proud to be a Knicks fan, sir. I'm just excited. At least one orange and blue team is not complete and utter crap. I would be completely surprised tonight if the Celtics do win. Like I said, they're playing in Madison Square Garden. I think that all they wanted was salvage one game. And when they didn't win game three, that's, you know, when you're down three, you're not going to win four in a row, even against the Knicks. Um, so I think that the series ends tonight, and unfortunately for me, the Celtics season ends. And then, you know, you talk about the end of a, an, an era or a five-year stretch because the, the the Celtics 
with you know, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett. Those are older players that could have won at least two or three titles, sir, in the next in the last five years, but they only ended up winning one title, which leaves a really sour taste in my mouth. I remember when the Celtics lost Game 7 to the Lakers. That was awful. In 2009, KG, the year after that they won a title, they could have repeated, but he went down with a knee injury. So with one title, it leaves us – I know I got the one title, thank God, but uh, it's a sour taste because I feel like they could have won a lot more titles than just one. I agree with you, sir. That first year, you know, and again, I've said this many times on the air, but I, I knew, I just knew they were going to win that year, and uh, the fact that they weren't able to do it again, it is a shame, and, and that is that does suck for you as a as a lifelong Celtics fan. I mean, but again, sir, at least you got that that title. I mean, how many people wouldn't? I'm not kill, but how many people wouldn't just love to have that one uh, that one title, sir? True, like a Knicks fan, you would want that title this year. I mean, this of is the course. time to make that run. The, the other two nuggets that I have on the NBA playoffs is just uh, it's good to see, as bad as the Celtics are about to be eliminated tonight, it's great to see that the team like the uh, L.A. Fakers went down in a sweep to the San Antonio Spurs. And not only that, but Dwight Howard, that, that Bush League player that he is, I don't know who anyone wants this guy on your team. I don't know, sir, if you know this, but he, took, he got two technical fouls in the first half of the last game of the fourth game when they got swept. He got ejected, and he took his shirt off and just ran off the court, and uh, that was that. So I don't know how the Lakers would ever want to re-sign this guy, which I think that's the only team that, you know, is an option for him at this point. He's pure scum, sir. You know, my my cousin's a huge uh, Magic fan, so, of course, I always paid attention to them, what they were doing. She tweets and talks and Facebooks about it all the time. But, man, he is he's just a turd. He's an absolute waste of space. And I hate to say it, you know, I, I hate to talk like that, about anybody, but man, what a what an absolute bum this guy is! Because he he just has no class. He is, uh, you know, we thought he was an elite player. He's a chump, sir. He's a two pump chump, and he punks chumps. And I, you know, I hope nobody signs him. Hell, I hope he ends up with uh, you know, doing nothing out of the NBA, gone forever. Because he is pure and utter scum. Yep, the Heat. As um, as expected, swept the Bucks. They're waiting the winner of the Chicago Bulls Brooklyn Nets series, and the big big news in terms of injury wise is Bryant Westbrook of the Oklahoma City Thunder went down and he's out for the year now. So it would be interesting to see if Oklahoma City. Bryant Westbrook, isn't it Russell Westbrook? Oh, Russell. Who did I say? Bryant. He's uh, from the Eagles, I believe. Right? Yeah, who retired <laughs> years ago. I'm thinking, wow, Bryant Westbrook is playing on Oklahoma City Thunder. That's great. Yeah, so the big injury to Russell Westbrook uh, makes me think that now the West is wide open for a team like the Memphis Grizzlies or maybe even the San Antonio Spurs to make a run to the finals. It's not a lock anymore that Kevin Durant could carry the team by himself to the finals, sir. No, you're right about that, and it is a shame what happened to Westbrook, but did you see Did you see his team give, uh, paying homage to him with, uh, with the outfit, sir? I did see that. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, that is a disgrace. I don't know. I don't know why Russell Westbrook feels the need to look like a complete and utter buffoon wearing these skinny, tight, ridiculous jeans. I mean, come on, man. You got money. At least wear stuff that makes sense, and you know, don't dress like a twelve-year-old. Come on, get a clue. Get a clue. So, with eight minutes to go before our first guest at six thirty, let's let's talk this quickly because you know we can't talk long about it because let's face, it, I'll do most of the talking. Let's get to some NHL playoffs, especially with the two local teams tonight. My Islanders, who I, I'm going to admit floundered into the playoffs the last couple of games, they could have won one or two more games and they would have had a higher seed than the eighth seed. And they're unluckily pitted against, there you go, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. 
But the good news for the, the New York Islanders, my New York Islanders, is that there's no Crosby. He's out for the series. He might play second round if they get that far. But for the Islanders to have any shot, I feel, against the Pittsburgh Penguins, they have to win this game tonight, which they are playing tonight in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's going to be crucial to take one of the two games. I don't think if you're going to lose, the, if you lose the first game, you're going to win the second game. So I think the Islanders need to take game one tonight if they have any shot to get into the second round. I know it's going to be a tough series. I hope the Islanders will make it. They haven't made it since, believe it or not, since 1993 in terms of winning a playoff series. And the last playoff series that they won was against the Pittsburgh Penguins, against Mario Lemieux and Yarmir Yager. So hopefully this year the Islanders could do the up, uh, pull the upset again and get past the Penguins. Any take on this series? Um, no. Sorry, no. It's been, it, wait, you're talking, it's been 20 years since the Islanders won a playoff series? It has been, yes. Holy crap. I can't believe that it's been 20 years since, you know, you talk about the guys like uh, Mario Lemieux and Yarmer Yager. It doesn't seem like that long ago, sir. I mean, I remember growing up as a kid, hearing about them, of course, all the time on WFN and, you know, stations like that. But, man, I, time flies. I cannot believe that it's been that long, sir. Yeah, it's been a while. So the Islanders, a young team that I think are going to have a great future in the next couple of years, have made the playoffs maybe a year before that people expected. So let's see if they're playing with house money tonight, sir. They're playing with house money this playoff series. So maybe they can play fast and loose and they can upset the Pittsburgh Penguins again. On the other side, we have the New York Rangers, the hated New York Rangers for me, playing against the Washington <laughs> Capitals. Of course. And, and uh, you know, this is a team before the season started, before the lockout season, this is a team that was expected to go to the finals to win a Stanley Cup, especially after last year, even though they were got upset by the New Jersey Devils in the Eastern Conference Finals. But this team was stacked, loaded, and ready to go and win a cup, contend for a cup. Now they have the seventh seed. I understand that in hockey, a, a eighth seed like the Kings last year won the whole thing. But this year, you got to admit that the Rangers are a little disappointing in terms of getting the seventh seed. Hopefully they can make a run if you're a Ranger fan and get to the finals this year. But um, just low expectations after a mediocre uh, regular season. No, you're right about that. And the interesting thing as far as the Rangers go is, you know, again, me as a non-hockey fan, sir, all I hear about, all I heard about was got to get rid of Torts, get rid of Torts, get rid of Tortsy. Tortsy sucks. You know, the guys don't want to play for him. I don't, you know, these... The, it's stuff like this that baffles me, sir, because, you know, when you talk about sports, when you talk about teams, I know that we're going to get into this later on with the Mets, but, damn, you know what, play, whether you like your coach or not, whether you think your coach is doing a good job or not, ultimately, who's on the field, who's on the ice, who's on the, who's on the court? It's not John Tortorella. It's not Lou Lamarillo. It's not, you know, Glenn Sather. It's not Terry Collins. It's not Tom Coughlin. It's the players. If you're a good – tell me if you agree with this or not. If you're a good team, you're going to win regardless. I mean, you're not going to sit here with your thumb in your rear end talking about, well, you know, we don't like our coach or our coach isn't doing this or he's not setting this up. Damn it, win. Go out there and win. That's it. You told it like it is. I mean, that, it's it's always on the players. I, you know, the coach catches the most slack because you can't fire the players. They're on, they have contracts, but – uh, just like the coach does, but you know you, the, the person that always take the blame is always the coach or the general manager when it comes to these things. But the Rangers have to, something to prove this year. I think they need to win this series and maybe get to. They, I think they personally need to get to the Stanley Cup Finals, or John Tortorella might be out of a job at this point. And like I said, you, like you said, it's the players that are going to decide his fate. So that that's your two playoff series. I picked the Capitals in seven games because I hate the Rangers. I will never pick the Rangers. So I think the Capitals will win in seven and hopefully the Islanders win their series. The only other nugget, sir, I'll tell you, this is what's crazy about NHL hockey. 
the Chicago Blackhawks, the team that ran away with the whole regular season, pretty much, you know, started the season being unbeaten in the first 21 games. They played the eighth-seeded Minnesota uh, Minnesota Wild last night with their backup goalie, Minnesota's backup goalie, and the game went into overtime. It took a nice pass, nice shot by the Chicago Blackhawks to win the game in overtime. But that's how close, sir. You you play the whole season for home home ice advantage. And they could have lost it in one instance by losing by losing that first game of the playoffs in overtime, but they didn't. They survived. That's how close the playoffs are. The one and eight seeds are. And it's amazing in sports, especially in a sport like hockey. All I've ever heard from lifelong hockey fans, people who love hockey, is that you know hockey is the type of sport you have to be there to experience. But that playoff hockey is crazy. You yourself, I mean, you're a big hockey fan. You've told me how boring uh, the playoffs. I mean, excuse me, you told me how boring the regular season is, but how amazing the playoffs are. Playoffs? Are you talking about playoffs? And to me, you know, that's all I need to hear. My wife and I, which is interesting, we were talking about this last night there. We were both, she said this at dinner. She's like, you know, I really had fun watching that hockey game. We should go to another game. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, you know, my, my wife wants to go to a hockey game. Hell, i got to try to uh, get this next year. I know you and I tried to get in there uh, this year with the uh, with the Devils as far as, uh, you know, the media credentials and stuff, which we've struck out. We've struck out every way, shape, and form with those media credentials, sir. Another debacle we might as well just uh, get into. The fact that we tried to get into WrestleMania Strike 1. We tr- actually, Strike 1 was probably trying to get Devil's credentials when you tried to get those. Yeah. Wrestle- WrestleMania credentials Strike 2, and then Strike 3 was just today when I tried to reach out for Super Bowl credentials for next year. was told that I cannot go through MetLife Stadium, even though it's at MetLife Stadium. I must go through the NFL. So what girl you, Nicole Fountain? Hope you never come on the show and you, Nicole Fountain, may be fired after today. I think you're really just an angry guy, sir, and I think that you got to just take a chill pill. Nicole is pregnant. Congratulations to her. She's just doing her job. Don't hate on her, sir. Don't hate. you got to appreciate. If I was Nicole Fountain's boss, I would say... Grace, if I was the commissioner, I'd be out there on Monday. He'd be out. Gone. <laughs> You're unbelievable, sir. You are truly, uh, I mean, class act does not cover what you are, sir. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, but anyway, sir, <laughs> you don't know. You know that I tell it like it is. It's almost 6.30, and you said that uh, Julie, radio talk show host. I, I didn't know what radio talk show she actually does, sir, so give us uh, some uh, information on Julie. Well, uh, she actually, I, I want to wait till she comes on so that I can mention it. But the name of her show is actually Bueller's Day Off because her last name is uh, Bueller, as in Ferris Bueller, sir. How about that? I mean, is is that a coincidence, or did they make the movie after her, her parents? I mean, what, what's going on? It's possible. She could be the inspiration behind Ferris Bueller, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And, of course, we'll talk to her about that when she calls. Uh, you know, she's actually the first woman, sir, in uh, to have a primetime slot in California for a talk show. I mean, sir, the first woman to fly solo in primetime sports talk show. We have a, a living legend on our hands, sir. A living a legend indeed. And before we get to Nicole, we might as well get to the wrestling night because there's not there. Nicole, Nicole is uh, there's no Nicole. Nicole is pregnant and she's not our guest. Oh, right. right, Julie. Sorry, Julie Bueller. Bueller. Julie Bueller. Uh, before we get to Julie Bueller, we will uh, talk about the one wrestling. <laughs> we'll talk about the one wrestling nugget because I I I know you didn't watch Raw on Monday, but there was like the there was these uh, rumors that John Cena had hurt his ankle so bad that he cannot wrestle. 
next pay-per-view against Ryback. I saw him wrestle uh, the last match against The Shield. It was basically the tag team champions and Cena versus uh, The Shield, and I don't see anything wrong with John Cena's ankle. Is there anything to dispute that, sir? Well, no, I mean, apparently he did get hurt, but, I mean, they taped him up, and I, who knows? I mean, he is Super Cena for a reason. Maybe in real life that's just the way he is, and that's why the WWE has booked him as such. They're trying to really push the face thing again, sir. I don't know if you noticed, but Monday was Make-A-Wish Day throughout the United, throughout the world, actually. And John Cena, as we've talked about uh, you know, throughout the shows, is John Cena has the most wishes. Uh, most people have asked to meet John Cena than any other person, any other celebrity, whether it be the president, any wrestler, any football player. John Cena has the most Make-A-Wishes with over 300. How impressive is that? And I say what's impressive to me is you just said John Cena's name about 300 times. But, yeah, it is impressive. What gets me, sir, and this is something i got to take issue with with guys like Ken Reedy and his co-host Dave Rosenbluth and other hosts, what bothers me is that people have this attitude of, like, you know what, yeah, uh, you know, those who are Cena apologists, well, yeah, Cena sucks. He's done all these Make-A-Wish foundations and all these different things, but, yeah, Cena sucks. I don't see what his being a, a, a decent guy and granting kids wishes. Yeah, that's great. I love it. I admire that. But that's no reason for me to say, oh, wow, he's a great performer. He's great in the ring. That's completely and utterly irrelevant to the fact that I dislike John Cena. Why do I have to like the guy? Because he's done Make-A-Wish? I mean, the Make-A-Wish stuff is amazing. But I have to love this guy? I have to kiss his fanny because of that? There, Come on. What was the point of, um, I don't know if you read about this, but I watched it. What was the point of John Cena bringing three Make-A-Wish people onto actually Raw live and in person introducing them in front of everybody on stage, letting all the fans know that they only had one wish, and that one wish was to be on Monday Night Raw with the fans. Tell me what that all was about. I think it was just because, like you said, it was Make-A-Wish Day, and you know the w- you know how the WWE, the one thing nobody can knock them is they've always been great with that kind of stuff, so I think that's all it was, sir. That's all it was, but like, yeah. you know, I'm just saying that then you push... The the fact that we, we want John Cena to be healed, I mean, he's after that, I mean, there's no chance in beep that that's ever going to happen. <laughs> Sir, you're an absolute fool. And uh, on that note, we are going to have to switch gears here. I mentioned this earlier, but we are joined by the extremely talented, the very lovely, the one and only Julie Bueller, who is a talk show host, as I mentioned earlier. Sir, she made broadcasting history in California. She is the first woman to fly solo in primetime sports talk. Julie Bueller, how are you doing this evening? Spectacular, fellas. Wow, you make me sound kind of cool. I wish well, I felt that way all the time. <laughs> I mean, listen, we think you're extremely cool. Joe is doing this whole bit. I'm sure you get this all the time because of your last name and because of the name of the show. So Joe was quoting some Ferris Bueller earlier today, so, uh, you know, when I when I was mentioning that you were going to be on the show, but you know we really appreciate you giving us a few minutes. And uh, there's this tagline that my co-host has come up with over the years, and I've never even uh, ascri- ascribed to it, but I guess in this case it, it definitely is. We like to interview the interviewer, and uh, you know just tell us a little bit about yourself, Julie, before we get into some of the amazing guests that you've had uh, the privilege of interviewing. Well, you know, fellas, I think the reason um, I love what I do is because you get to talk to people and you get to let them be themselves. And I think a lot of times in media, um, but particularly in sports media, a lot of people have these preconceived notions of what an athlete should be like or what an athlete is going to be like. And 
when I do my show, when I interview somebody, I let them be themselves, and I let their story do the talking, and I really think it illuminates the qualities that make an athlete spectacular, whether the, the, the third string running back that had to face down, um, you know, some, some harsh realities in their childhood, or their Andrew Luck, and, and he's been a football savant his whole life. It doesn't matter. The, the most important thing is when you are interviewing someone or when you're having a conversation with anyone, let them be themselves. And I think that's what has made my show successful. It's what continues to propel me and inspire me in the industry is to let people be themselves. And if that means they're a giant jerk, then you know, <laughs> let them be a giant jerk. If they're an awesome humanitarian, let that speak for itself too. But I think sometimes the media gets in the way too much trying to create a narrative rather than letting the narrative, rather than letting reality be compelling as it is. Um, and so that's, that's what makes me different. That's why I love to do what I do is, is I think reality is fascinating and compelling. I don't have to uh, fabricate drama around it, you know. Right. Well, Julie, you know, people, guests like you is what makes our show spectacular. So you are a spectacular Great. guest. Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> can you just give us some, like Dave was saying, can you just give us some uh, background on, um, you know, what school did you go to? Uh, what influenced uh, you to actually go into sports radio? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I was a chemistry scholar my first two years of college. I thought I was going to become a research analyst, and I loved science my whole life. But there was always an element of creativity um, that was lacking as I pursued science and my analytical career and my research career. And when I was a sophomore in college, I took journalism as an elective. It was not at all anything that I thought would totally and radically change my life forever, but that's exactly what happened is the journalism instructor said, Jules, you're a tremendous writer. I know you have a passion for sports, and I've been around sports my whole life. Uh, she said, why don't you write for the school newspaper? And fellas, from that day forward, you know, the key was in the ignition and the pedal was to the metal. And I found my passion of sports writing and sports journalism um, because it's a true confluence of, of many facets of our society and many facets of life. It, it is science. It is analytical. But yet there's this great creative element, too. There's this great human element. And so when you put all those things together and you mash it into this radical ball of passion, that's what I do every day. And um, so it's really kind of funny. I, I did not have dreams as a childhood of becoming a sports writer or a sports broadcaster, nothing like that. I was going to be the person that, you know, makes sure Tylenol is safe. Um, but what ended up happening is I got into sports writing, and I really wanted to make sure that I established my credibility in the industry. That's very important to me. You know, credibility in journalism is the one thing you can't buy. It doesn't matter how many website hits you have. If you're not a credible journalist, you might be getting a big paycheck, but you can't fall asleep on a soft pillow. And so um, I want to make sure I establish my credibility. I got into sports writing, followed print heavily, and then uh, one day I'm at a Starbucks, and the barista who knew that I was a sports writer for the local newspaper asked me, Jules, what happened last night? And there was this dramatic last two-minute defensive collapse to our team's rival. I went to Northern Arizona University. And um, the Montana State Bearcats came in, and Travis Lule, who's now in the CFL, just throttled us in the last two minutes with his legs. 
So I had an impassioned uh, reply to this barista's request. And sure enough, the guy right behind me was a program director at the local uh, local radio station. I got a tap on the shoulder and my start in professional sports broadcasting. Um, and then I never looked back. You know, it was the type of thing that I found radio offers you this perfect dichotomy of the in-depth research and analysis required for print, but yet it also has the immediacy of television broadcasting. And the best thing about radio, as I'm sure you guys understand, is that you get to interact with the fans. And Sports Talk Radio is the one place where fans really get their voices heard, they get to be heard on air, and they love that. And I love being that special conduit for sports fans. So it's a, it, didn't, it, it was not a point A to point B journey for me, but it certainly has been a lot of fun. So I think that's the important thing. No, definitely. I mean, it's absolutely a ton of fun. And, you know, as far as interacting with fans and, and being able to speak with people, what – what fascinates me, other than your story, because, you know, Joe and I were just, we were doing this whole thing earlier because, you know, our show has been on a, a station here, a local station in uh, in Newark, which is part of, uh, you know, the area where we live. And, uh, you know, it, it's been fun. It's been a, a blast, but it's not obviously anything that pays the bills. It's just more kind of like a hobby, but it's something that we both would love to do. You know, growing up here with WFAN being the biggest sports talk radio in the country, you know, for us, it's just been something we've always wanted. It's been a, a dream of ours. But you know your your story, which I was reading earlier today, before um, before you came on about how you got a job in sports talk. I mean that that's what we're hoping for. We're actually thinking of you know working on a demo and doing a couple of other things just to kind of get our names out there. Um, but the reason that I was so taken and you know just wanted to to have you on the show is because I saw like the list of guests and things that you have had on your show is impressive, and with us, it's all been about the guests, like you mentioned, getting, letting people be themselves. We've had some really great experiences. Almost every guest has been amazing. We've had one or two flops, but, you know, in, in the course of the amount that we've had, it really hasn't been that many. Now, tell us a bit about the people that you've interviewed. I mean, is there one that stands out as amazing or, you know, mind-blowing or, you know, life-changing? Is there any that stand out as just horrible and you wish you had never had, you know, had the displeasure of having said person on the air? Uh, first of all, I've never had a bad interview. Um, I really think that a bad interview just comes from a lack of a connection. Um, but if you're able as an interviewer to kind of pull out the nuts and bolts, every human being wants to connect with another human being. So, you know, it, it's pretty rare to get somebody that you can't find common ground with. Um, some of my favorite interviews, though, have been Jim Irsay, with the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. He's a guy that um, is a stream of consciousness interview, and he's a challenge from an interviewing perspective because he um, he's very verbose and he's very lengthy in his replies, and yet there's so many nuances that as an interviewer, when you listen to his replies, there's so many different directions you can go with your next question that it makes it fabulous challenge of, okay, what direction do I want to take my listener to get the most out of this interview with a man who has 40 years in the NFL, worked his way up from being a ball boy for a team, now owns one of the most successful franchises in the NFL, has had this this incredible collision of circumstance that befell his team last year, and just an incredible wealth of um, perspective and knowledge. And so he's fabulous to interview because he gives you these long answers, and then you think, okay, 
what direction do I want to go to? Um, another interview that really stands out is Johnny Bench, Hall of Fame catcher for the Cincinnati Reds. He can be pretty gruff, but uh, once you get past that gruffness, he is just a teddy bear, and he has so many wonderful insights into the game of baseball and the inherent failure and how that really makes you a stronger individual. Um, he came in my studio and sang Toby Keith live on air, sang karaoke, and uh, that was phenomenal. And then I thought Mark Cuban, I got to interview him. He was really introspective, too, and struck me as a very thoughtful guy, someone that doesn't just uh, give you an answer, but he thinks about what he's saying before he gives you an answer. I really appreciated that about him because he's an NBA owner. He could blow off any interview, and it wouldn't matter to him. But he really, he's a thoughtful guy. And um, and then, you know, some other players, Mark Kurtzleek is another guy, New York Giant linebacker, who probably said the one thing to me that I will never forget, and I, I tell every single journalism student, I tell every single person I've ever met in the media industry um, that wants to get somewhere, I tell, him I tell them exactly what he told me, because here's a guy who is an All-American linebacker, got a sledgehammer through the face when he was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma, told he'd never play football again. He ended up shoving the middle finger to all those doctors that told him that and ends up with a Lombardi trophy his rookie year with the New York Giants. So phenomenal story, right? Well, I interviewed him in New York after we did a workout together, and by the way, he just he annihilated I mean, that guy's in ridiculous shape. I thought I was in pretty decent shape. He, he blew me out of the water. But um, it was great because I said, you know, Mark, you're, you have such an inspirational story. How do you want to get it out there? And he said, Jules, you know, everybody tells me you got a great story, you got a great story, but to me it's not a story. It's my life. And when he said that, it was this kind of gut punch where it's like, yeah, we're journalists. We're telling people stories, but ultimately they're allowing us into their lives. And these are people that are just trying to wade through circumstance and wade through this life just like we are. Um, and so as you maneuver through your sports broadcasting career and as you maneuver through this life in general, you know, just remember that every individual you encounter, whether, whether they're an NFL, NBA owner, or a special teams linebacker, or, you know, maybe the grocery store clerk at your local uh, Rite Aid, uh, that they're, they're a person first and foremost. And whatever they have to tell you isn't a story, it's their life. And when he said that to me, that was something I said to myself. I'm never forgetting that, and I'm I'm letting that sink in really deep because that's that's an important distinction to have. I'm sure that all these uh, people that you have interviewed uh, give you a lot of uh, perspective on you know who they are behind, not behind the scenes, but who they are as a person, not only as the athlete. Would you say, Julie, is there anybody that you could tell us that you would want to interview and why in the sports world that you haven't already? Uh, people I'd love to interview that I haven't already. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know, fellas. I've had the opportunity to interview the likes of uh, Steve Young and and Michael Haynes and, and Jerry Rice and, you know, NFL Hall of Famers, NBA Hall of Famers, Kobe Bryant. Um, I don't know that there's anyone that I'm really looking to get on that list as far as people I'd like to interview that I haven't had the opportunity. Um, because really, again, it, it, it isn't a matter of getting in front of a person. It's letting whoever you're in front of be a person. That's the most important thing, and that makes an interview really spectacular. 
Um, you know, you've probably heard other interviewers, Dan Patrick or Jim Rome, whenever they get someone on air that you haven't ever heard of, but you become a fan of them because they um, allow that person to be themselves. And then sometimes you get these big-name athletes on the air, and you're like, wow, you didn't have much to say, <laughs> you know? Uh, it, it, sometimes it goes either way. So I don't really I don't really have a list of people that I'm itching to interview, actually, to tell you the truth. Interesting. Um, Julie, we're, we also want to talk about something that, that just happened over the past week, which was the NFL draft, the 2013 draft, and, and we're here in New York, so we want to talk about the locals, unfortunately, I'm a Jets fan, and basically the Jets could have, you could have thrown a uh, name at the dartboard and pretty much filled a hole. Do you like the Jets draft in general? Uh, I have question marks about the Jets draft. I mean, first of all, Geno Smith in the second round I thought was a move that is pretty interesting. And I'll say this, though, with any team, just to get a big-picture perspective, first of all, with any team, you want to make sure that your head coach and your general manager are on the same page. And I thought with John Isaac coming in and trading away Darrell Revis, really let everybody know that this is its team and this is going to be his draft, um, and that Rex Ryan was losing his stakehold in this franchise. And I'm a big Rex Ryan fan. I think that, yeah, he's loudmouth, but he's also a tremendous defensive mind. And you don't get to back-to-back AFC Championship games with a uh, rookie and sophomore quarterback for no reason. You know, that was a lot of Rex Ryan's genius. But at the same time, if you don't have that that uh, that synergy between the head coach and the general manager, it's going to be a unique draft, and it's going to be a little bit of a rocky road. And so I thought that in the first round, if it really did um, – Rex Ryan a favor, replacing Revis with Milliner, who is largely seen as the best talent, is his health 100%. He says yes, some say no. We'll have to wait and see. That's a risk with every draft pick on the board. Um, You know, Anthony Munoz was seen as a draft risk, too, and he worked out beautifully. So I think in the first round the Jets did well, but picking up Tito Smith did not make any sense to me because you have a guy who's pretty entitled and who thought that he was going to be the number one overall pick, and you send him to this this quarterback-ridden team where he's going to have to compete for a starting role, I just see that as more drama and, and, and less football move. Um, I would have liked to have seen a quarterback that has a little bit more traditional pocket-passing skill set for the Jets because I feel like that's a place that Rex Ryan as a head coach would want to take his offense. He likes to ground and pound. He's not a Geno Smith type of guy. So that really told me that maybe there isn't the, um, the the perfect balance between general manager and head coach, and maybe there is a little bit more heavy-handed general management in that franchise. So overall, I think the Jets are going to have a very interesting season. Them cutting Tim Tebow um, kind of helps out in that department of, of severing those ties from the old regime. But at the end of the day, fellas, it's going to be tough to see what Rex Ryan does. And if he doesn't have full control over this team, then then his hands are pretty tied. Why do you think Rex Ryan? Why do you think Rex Ryan wasn't fired with uh, Mike Tannenbaum? Explain that. Uh, your, explain your theory on that one. Well, because I think Woody Johnson a recognizes Rex Ryan's talent, most importantly, and b Rex Ryan um, doesn't wasn't controlling the personnel move. 
Rex Ryan was just trying to – they had a lot of injuries. Rex Ryan wasn't, you know, collecting offensive linemen. He was the guy that was there to come in and install a defense. They did that successfully. I think they were the 12th rushing and 12th overall defense last year. They weren't a terrible defense. Um, they were pretty middle of the ground, middle of the road. So I think that Rex Ryan keeping his job made sense because, again, this is the guy that took a team – to back-to-back AFC championship games. Yeah, they've missed the playoffs the last two years, but he did that with a rookie quarterback, and he did that because he was able to install his offense and his system. And when you have a, a general manager coming in there, and let's say you want to make lasagna, and all he's doing is giving you the ingredients for chocolate chip cookies, you're not you're going to have pretty crappy lasagna at the end of the day, right? And, right. and I think that's what was happening. The ingredients Canbaum was giving Rex Ryan were not the ingredients Rex Ryan needed to win football games his way. So we'll see if Ipswich is any better. Now, uh, shifting gears over to my team, the uh, recent, you know, not too long ago Super Bowl champs, the New York Giants. Um, you know, the Giants had an interesting draft. That You're talking about uh, Geno Smith, the Jets draft, and see how he fits in the system. Of course, you know, they're, they're probably almost fed up with Sanchez if they're not already. But when you look at the Giants, the Giants drafted a quarterback that they're probably hoping that they'll never use. And uh, Ryan Nassib, I mean, when you have guy a guy like Eli Manning who's done a great job, who obviously has two Super Bowl rings, uh, you know, on, on the old fingers, he, he's doing an amazing job. But can you tell us a bit about uh, your take as far as the Giants and what they drafted? Because, I mean, as a fan, there's a couple of holes they probably could have filled they didn't seem to fill. But uh, I've come to the point where I just trust Jerry Reese implicitly because the guy has done an amazing job in his tenure here with the Giants. Yeah, I think that's a probably pretty safe bet is to trust your general manager because he has done an amazing job. And, you know, the Giants, they, they go back and forth. They win the Super Bowl, they miss the playoffs. They win the Super Bowl, they miss the playoffs. They have this incredible upset over the New England Patriots. They miss the playoffs the next year. Um, so I think that it's, it's remarkable what they've done. And so, yeah, there's always holes that you want to fill. But at the same time, what a general manager looks at is value. So if, if he can get a similar player on the open market through free agency and save some of that money for some of your high-end pass rushers or defensive backs, then that's going to work out in their favor. I'll point to the Chargers. Everyone was talking about how they were asking LaDainian Tomlinson to come back. Um, but the Chargers got one running back in their entire draft class and free agents, and it's Michael Hill out of Missouri Western, who was the number one rusher in all of Division Two last year. So they recognized that there was a, a value out there and they didn't have to draft and they didn't have to reach and that saves them money for some other positions that obviously are, are more costly. So I like having a backup quarterback that is competent, that is very similar to your current quarterback in Ryan Nassib. I mean, he's a guy that, that I was really high on and I think will learn a lot from Eli Manning. Um, and should anything, God forbid, happen to Eli Manning, you're going to be in a position like like what happened with um, with the Steelers when Roethlisberger went down and Bash did a tremendous job, or or any time there's been that, that solid backup to take over just for a couple of games until the team comes back. You don't want a situation, obviously, like, and, and it's not even close, Alex Smith or Colin Kaepernick, but you want a situation where you can put your backup quarterback in it and you can facilitate the offense in a similar fashion, and I think that's what Nassib will become. No, definitely. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, from your lips to God's ears, as it were. 
Now let me ask you <laughs> let me ask you a question as far as uh you know the the draft in general. You know somebody who covers uh, everything and anything as it were when it comes to the NFL. Who do you think if you could pick one team, best draft and worst draft, who would you pick? Best draft, um, almost hands down. I know a lot of people saying the 49ers. I have to give it to the the Rams. I think the Rams did a tremendous job, um, A, getting the one offensive playmaker that can wreck the opposition, and that's Tavon Austin. That guy is, is so explosive. He is the prototypical player that teams are going to want in the NFL now because he can absolutely just annihilate an opponent ripped the heart straight out of the chest with some of his big plays. So I love what they did, the maneuvering they did to pick him up. And then, oh, by the way, get Ogletree in the back end of the first round. They did exactly, exactly what they wanted to do. And then the other thing the Rams did was collect a bunch of DBs, linebackers, and inside linebackers and outside linebackers in free agency. So what I think they're doing is they're going to build a – they have their solid defensive line, and we've known about that. They're going to build a very deep linebacking core and secondary core because we know that's how you kind of uh, minimize these spread offenses is by having a very fast linebacking core and some unique formations in your secondary. Um, so that's what the Rams are going to do. They they did a really good job addressing the fact that they play in the same division as Colin Kaepernick and Russell Wilson. And then I thought the worst draft, or the, the draft that left me scratching my head the most, was um, was the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I mean, it really seemed like their their pick came, they traded away to the 49ers, and then they took Frederick, a center, out of Wisconsin. Okay, I get it, your offensive line is weak, but um, I'd, I'd go some tackle positions, and this is a pretty deep tackle draft. You know, by the way, you probably could have picked up Frederick later on. So I, I don't understand what the Cowboys are doing. I think that this draft was pretty emblematic of the fact that that's a franchise in in all sorts of disarray. But uh, the one takeaway, guys, between the Rams, the Niners, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks, the NFC West is now the absolute hands down. I know that Aaron Rodgers and, and the North are there, and I know that, you know, Matt Ryan and Drew Brees are in the NFC South, but man, the NFC West is going to be a beast of a division and a lot of fun to watch. I can't wait for the season to start. Uh, definitely, it's going to be an exciting season. And uh, I tell you, as a as a Mets fan, I can't wait for football season to start because my team, uh, my, well, Joe and I, both Mets fans, our team is horrible. We're going to rip them in a few minutes. Uh, you know, after we finish with our next guest. But I can't wait till the Giants start up again and, and everything is, uh, you know, right with the world. Listen, Julia, we cannot thank you enough. Um, you know, a lot of the things that you said are things that I've read. So it goes to show you that, you know, you know what you're talking about. And we really appreciate your take here on uh, on Pure Gold. And hopefully somewhere down the road we can have you on again. Uh, you know, you're a great guest. And uh, hopefully you have a wonderful evening out there in uh, sunny California. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And anytime, just give me a call. Thank you. Have a good night. Talk to you later. Take care. Folks, that was the one and only Julie Bueller. Bueller, Bueller. day off as Ferris. Would you shut up? Bueller. <laughs> that was a great movie, but, you know, we should have talked to her about that. That was a great film, by the way. I love Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I actually, uh, I'm pretty sure I own it somewhere, but, um, you know, that was a great interview with her, just having her on and, you know, the experts, as it were. And You know, what, what you always say, sir, I used to think it was it was garbage, but you're absolutely right. We make it a habit to interview the interviewer, and, uh, you know, her take on interviews 
and even her take on the draft was, was some good stuff there. I've heard in quite a few places everybody pretty much unanimously says that the Cowboys had the worst draft uh, by far, and Jerry Jones needs to fire himself, sir, as he said I, that he would. Yeah, I think uh, Julie was a great spot. We got some her take on the draft. I think her answers were basically... Bang, bang, bang. Pacquiao, as it is, uh, that, that's another great soundbite, by the way. But uh, I'm actually here looking at her her website, and she has all these amazing interviews. It's just, I tell you, that to me is what what makes this show interesting. If you were to take away our interviews and you just have me and you yakking it up for hours, I don't know if I'd find that so interesting. But to have interviews with people that uh, you know, guests like Julie, and fans care what their opinion is, th- that to me is what matters the most, sir. Yeah, I mean, talking about the draft, I could only say. You need to let it go, sir. The Jets are, I mean, they're not going anywhere. But, you know, I have to admit I was a little surprised as far as what Julie said in terms of uh, Rex Ryan, you know, because I know that here in New York most people are tired of him. But I can see that, you know, there is definitely talent there on his end. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think she gives him a lot more credit. I mean, when I think of Rex Ryan, I think of... You're a fool. You're an absolute fool. I mean, you being a Jets fan, sir, I mean, do you want this guy out of here, yes or no? Joe? Shame on you! <laughs> Are we, sir, really? I mean, come on. A- answer the question. Do you want Rex Ryan out, yes or no? No, the man I want out is... Stop smoking the Woody Johnson quick pipe! All right, you need to stop playing those ridiculous sound bites, sir. Seriously. Oh. I'm sorry, but if we're going out in style, we're, we're taking out uh, with all the uh, the sound bites. With no, it. definitely. And you know what? We should take a break here. Our guest isn't on yet, but, sir, uh, let's take a break here. Let's do what we do best, and we're going to go to some sound bites and clips of all of our amazing guests. I think I may just rifle through every single guest we've ever had who have given us sound bites. So we'll be right back, folks, here on Pure Gold. Hey, guys, this is actress Sadie Alexandru, and you are listening to Pure Gold. Hey, this is recording artist Sahara Star, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Be sure to check back every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to tune in to the best Internet talk show on the East Coast. Hey, everybody, it's Nikki Boyer from Yahoo's Daytime in No Time, and don't forget to check out Pure Gold every single week for amazing guest interviews and pretty entertaining radio, I have to say. You guys are awesome. Yes, we are. What's up? It's Morgan Woolard, Miss Oklahoma, USA 2010, and you are listening to Pure Gold. Hi, this is Lauren Lester, and you are listening to Pure Gold. I'm Lisa Mateo from the Pix11 Morning News in New York. Make sure you check out Pure Gold every week for the best talk radio around. We're roll call. Hi, guys. I'm actress Laura Jean Salerno, and you're listening to David and Joe on puregoldpg.com. So relax, put your feet up, and listen in. I mean, not on the table, because that's just gross. I'm Kristen Ledlow, Southeast Field reporter for Fox Sports Next, and you are listening to Pure Gold. This is Josh Eisenberg from ChairShot Reality on WrestleZone.com. Tune in each week to Pure Gold Radio with Dave and Joe as they talk about professional wrestling, music, movies, whatever's on your mind, they'll get to it. Pure Gold Radio, Dave and Joe, the best out there, laying the smackdown each week. That's Pure Gold Radio. This is actress Jen Lilly telling you to tune in to Pure Gold Radio. 
Pure Gold brings you amazing guests, awesome interviews, and great talk radio every week. Check Pure them Gold. out at puregoldpg.com. Our eulogy here. Hi, this is Heather Lynn, 32 Fantastic Manager Extraordinaire. Love it. Make sure and tune in every Wednesday to Pure Gold Radio Show and check out the archives at puregoldpg.com. And make sure you check mine out. You might I'll learn a thing or two from some of the biggest brains in the business. Oh, thank God she said brains. Check out Pure Gold Radio <laughs> for a fresh take on sports and entertainment. David and Joe are informative, prolific, and funny. Enjoy a variety of guests and perspectives. Tune in to catch me live, pro wrestler, actress, producer, Francesca Zappacelli, at yearsoldpg.com. This is Dick Grayson, better known as Robin or Nightwing. And when I'm not fighting crime with or without Batman in Gotham City, I'm listening to Pure Gold. Yeah, you are. <laughs> hey, listeners, this is Brittany Don Brandon, Miss Arizona USA 2011. I want hey, to girl. encourage you to tune in to Pure Gold Radio for only the best in entertainment, sports, politics, and pretty much anything else you can discuss. Hi, this is Brittany Bell, Miss Arizona USA 2010. Make sure you tune in to Pure Gold each week to hear the best interviews and live talk radio. David and Joe are simply the best. Check them out at Hey, this is Blanca from Group One Crew, and you're oh, yeah, listening hey. to Pure Gold. Yeah, you are. Dr. Anthony Tyler Quinn, you may remember me as Mr. Turner from Boy Meets World, among many other roles. Make sure I you do. listen in to Pure Gold every week for some of the best talk radio around. Mr. Feeney! Hi, I'm Anna Zelensky, and make sure to tune in to Pure Gold, where you can hear great interviews, Love, Anna. wonderful insight, and the best talk radio around. Hi, I'm Anna Prosser, Miss Oregon USA 2011 and professional video gaming personality, and you're listening to Pure Gold Radio. Hey, this is Ana Rodriguez, Miss Texas Hello, USA Anna. 2011, and I want you to check out Pure Gold Radio at puregoldpg.com. You can listen in to their show every week with David and Joe. They yeah. are simply pure gold. No longer yeah, we are. This is Miss Pennsylvania USA 2011, <laughs> Amber Joy Watkins. Make sure you tune in to Pure Gold every week. Check every them out week. for yourself at puregoldpg.com. It is truly a show about anything and everything. And Dave and Joe tell it like it is. Yes, we do, Amber. This is Alicia from WSU Wrestling, and you're listening to Pure Gold. She's no longer from WSU Wrspling. Hi, this is Amanda Guerrero from HumorAndSpice.blogspot.com, and on Twitter at HumorAndSpice. You're listening to Pure Gold Radio, where they cover everything and tell it like it is. Yeah, we do. Absolutely, and you know what? I think there's only one more here that I haven't aired yet from one guest, considering we've had so many different people, sir. Let me just find it. Because I have no clue where the hell it is. Hey, this is Lisa Marie Latino of Longshot Productions. Yeah, Production. Lisa Marie, gotta love her. Make sure to tune in to Pure Gold every week for the best in sports, wrestling, and just about everything else there is to talk about. You can hear some of the you know. best interviews around with some great guests. Joe and Dave always keep it PG, and you should too. Hey, folks, we are back. Ten minutes Wait. later. Yeah, we're back, but you forgot one other person that wanted to get on the show real fast. Hold on a second. What's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Oh, Pure Gold. Yes, sir. Oh, you're right. As a matter of fact, I actually forgot somebody else, sir, who's been on 
More guest appearances. What's up, everyone? This is Bright Lights Jared Foster, the man of a thousand bulbs and Mr. Entertainment himself. Uh, sir, let's uh, let's take it away as you wait for our second guest to call. All right, so we're um, finishing up on our potential last show in style with so many people. I felt like it was almost a eulogy of uh, guests giving uh, their take on pure gold throughout the two and a half years that we've been on the sh- been on the air. Um, uh, show up. Well, all I can say is with that one sound bite, you know, it sounds like she's got the biggest, br- and she's, I thought she was going to say, like, you know, breasts, but she said brains, thank God, because it's like PG, and we can't be talking about those things on the air. I'm glad that you have no clue. All the times we've played that, um, I think that was kind of the point to, you know, mess around or whatever the case is, sir, and we've played that thing about 20 different times, and you finally caught up. That's good. It goes to show just how slow you are, sir. Yeah, there you go. Let's go into the negative because we are a bunch of negative Nellies. Let's let's talk about some baseball. Let's talk about the fact that the New York Mets right now are playing the worst baseball. I mean, they lost a series just now. They well, avoided a sweep today against the Mar- Miami Marlins. But, sir, this team right now, whether it's offense, whether it's the bullpen, even starting pitching aside from Mr. Wheeler, <laughs> Would Harvey. you stop caling him Wheeler, you fool? Wheeler's I wait for you to catch that. Dan Wheeler is having a bunch of uh, Dan Wheeler. Zach Wheeler is having a bunch of problems at the minors right now, and he just got his first win, and he's been walking guys left and right. So Matt Harvey is definitely not Zach Wheeler. So considering the the awful putrid start that the Mets started in the month of April, pretty much ten and fifteen, they won the game today. But sir. I mean, after all the stuff that we knew that the Mets were going to be, they were going to suck big time this year. How in the world are there rumors circulating that Terry Collins is on the hot seat? Please tell me how much of a farce that that rumor is. It goes to show you, whoever started that rumor is a complete moron. And I got to tell you, you know, I always rip Mets fans, but you have to be a complete and utter buffoon to think that the Mets were going to be any good. This team has almost no talent. If you go up and down the roster, the talent on this team is minimal, absolutely minimal. Ike Davis is playing future baseball. He's not hitting. Lucas Duda is totally overrated. David Wright is, you know, he's doing all right, but, you know, there's, there's not much offense. They're not hitting. They're not scoring runs, evidenced by the games they've lost. And they're just not that good, sir. They have no pitching staff other than, like you said, uh, Matt Harvey. I mean, Seriously, fans, did anybody think the Mets were going to be a good team? Did anybody think the Mets would even have a winning record, let alone challenge for a playoff spot? you got to be realistic, Mets fans. you got to stop smoking the Fred Wilpon crack pipe because, to be quite honest with you, this team is going nowhere fast. I, am, I have not been excited about this season whatsoever. I didn't think the Mets would be any good, and so far they have proven me right because they absolutely stink. And I'm not upset about it. It doesn't bother me. I just didn't think they'd be very good, and they've proven to not be very good, sir. The only bright spot has been Harvey, and let's face it, he only pitches once every five days, if that. So aside from him, I mean, you look at the, you go around the, the infield, and you look at Ike Davis, and he's the one I'm going to pick on right now. If the Mets had any farm system, they this guy would be either released or playing triple uh, yeah, A baseball I again. I don't think that uh, he's going to be released or ever would be released, you fool. Uh, he's terrible, though. He's batting below the Mendoza line again. What is yeah. up with the the, the, right. the crappy first half starts? You can compare him to a guy like, uh, let's say, Marcus Teixeira. Yeah, <laughs> but look at look at the text man. He stinks. He absolutely is putrid, and he stinks to start off the beginning of the year. And he always ends up with good stats, great stats, hell, respectable stats. 
So I don't know why fans go nuts. The guy's a bad starter. He sucks in April. It is what it is. Lay off the Woody Johnson crack pipe. I honestly don't see why any Mets fan is, is complaining, saying he should be fired. You should be fired. You're a disgrace and a joke of a fan. And look what happened last year. The Mets stuck with him. He, he had a hell of a second half. He did a great job. And the same thing's going to happen again. So lay off the drugs, sir. Lay off the drugs. Well, it, it brings me to my next point. If, if uh, Terry Collins is on the hot seat for whatever reason, given the, the garbage that he has to deal with, then I'm going to management, I'm going to ownership, to my general manager and say, bring in Mr. Wheeler. I want him on my staff now because I want to go down with all my guns, not somebody that's pitching in Las Vegas where the altitude is, uh, you know, the air is thin and, my, and his confidence level. Right now, uh, I would think that Mr. Wheeler's confidence level is really low considering that he's walking the ballpark. Bring him to the team, let him pitch. you got nothing to, the, to lose. Bring him to the majors where his confidence can be even lower if he has a bad start. Matt Harvey has done a great job. He's proven that he can pitch here. But you want Wheeler up here to, to what, to flounder in the majors? I mean, I totally get what you're saying, but it's not like the guy has been doing a great job and deserves to be up here. He's been pitching terribly. He can't, he, if he can't make it in AAA, how's he going to make it in the majors? Uh, I think that you'd find throughout the history of baseball, considering it's a huge history, you'd find a lot of uh, players really flounder in AAA ball and then really uh, are successful in uh, the majors. Name one. Um, Mr. Harvey. <laughs> yeah, he's had, he's had such a long story career that you can talk about. I mean, I, I you know, I get what you're saying, sir, but honestly, I mean, the the fact that anybody would even think about firing Terry Collins is a joke. It's not even to say the Mets have been thinking about it, but it's an absolute disgrace because Collins has done a good job. He's got absolutely nothing to work with, and I mean nothing. So for anybody to sit here and say that he should be fired you're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot and a buffoon and a moron and a jerk because this guy does not, in any way, shape, or form, deserve to be fired. It's a disgrace. The Mets have no talent on this team. They have a terrible outfield. They have no bullpen. They have no starting rotation. Come on! Why do people put money... I mean, you said it, and you might as well say it to the fans now. What's the best way to hurt uh, ownership? Is it to to not go to a game? Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. If you want to hurt ownership, stop showing up to the game. I know the I know it's not like City Field is is uh you know packed or anything. But come on, why is anybody going to this stadium? Why is anybody watching this team? This team just lost six in a row. They're on the verge of losing again. Uh, they they stink. They absolutely stink. There's nothing there. There's nothing to watch. And yeah, I'm a loyal Mets fan. Great, but your team stinks and you're supporting them. You know what? Make this team. Go down with the ship. Make this team change things around. Hell, make this team do something and put some money into the team. Bring up some guys, like you said, some prospects. Do something because you are an absolute joke. The Mets are a joke and their fans are a joke. For the fans to hear and support. And what gets me is looking at Twitter and Facebook and all these different things and people going nuts about these losses. Oh, the Mets, is, the Mets are ripping our heart out. If you thought the Mets were going to be any good this year, you're an idiot and you don't deserve to have a brain. You don't deserve to be a baseball fan because you're a buffoon. You're an absolute, complete, and utter buffoon. Because you know what? The Mets have no talent. The Mets have negative talent on this team. And whatever talent they do have is minimal. So you know what? You should be ashamed of yourself for even thinking for one single solitary second that the Mets were going to be any good. Because the Mets don't have the guns. They don't have the horses. They don't have anything. Any analogy you want to think of, the Mets have none of it, sir. Absolutely none of it. 
If the rumors were true and Terry Collins was fired by the All-Star break because this team can't win more than, uh, I don't know, 20, 25 games before the All-Star break, I mean, you bring in somebody else and you're going you're gonna to find it just as bad. Uh, in baseball, out of all sports, I would think that that's the one sport that it's mostly on the players, not what the manager does. The manager makes very minimal moves, if that, throughout a game. You're absolutely right. It is really on the players more than anything else. And, again, for anybody to sit here and think that the Mets were going to be any good or that they were going to, you know, Terry Collins should have a lifetime contract with this team. He's done a good job, you know, trying to get the most out of his talent. It's not his fault he has he has chumps in the bullpen. It's not his fault that management won't actually give him anything to work with. It's not his fault that management decided not to bring in a decent outfield this offseason. Come on. It's a joke. If Terry Collins gets fired, the Mets are scum, and they should just close down business because they that would be a disgrace. That would be a complete and utter disgrace beyond measure, sir. The other joke, I just want to go backwards and talk about football real fast, is the other joke of the uh, is obviously the New York Jets and what they did just on Monday, finally convincing uh, the media that it just wasn't a right fit and convincing the fans it just wasn't a right fit. They decided to add the goodness out of their heart before the season starts, the the off season starts and get into mini camps. They decided to release their fourth or fifth string quarterback, Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow is no longer on the Jets. I could have told you, Boomer Sison could have told you, I remember the first day that he was traded to the Jets, what a debacle this was going to be. And I have nothing against Tim Tebow for who he is or how religious he is or, or anything like that, but the fact that is the Jets really didn't know how to use him. They put him on a team that was a joke to begin with, and now Tim Tebow hopefully can re- recover his career and be a backup somewhere, I don't know where in the NFL, but right now, sir, the Jets are a complete and utter joke for thinking that they could ever make Tim Tebow part of that Wildcat offense that we thought was going to happen last year. It's just amazing how little Wildcat there actually was. And, you know, <laughs> it's just, it, it sucks, man. It sucks. If you're a Jets fan, you should be ashamed of yourself. I was looking at something online on Twitter, and the Mets Jets fan, talk about losers, so, you know, ripping Sanchez and saying he sucks. But the Jets have given him nothing to work with. The Jets have sabotaged him. Bringing Tebow in was a dumb move. I, I just don't think the Jets ever, you know, wanted this guy to succeed, to be honest with you, sir. But do you, I mean, the guy himself was, he was the <laughs> ultimate teammate. He never said one bad thing about the Jets organization. And look what they did to him. I mean, they basically misused him. And, you know, the stigma around the, the NFL now is that this guy is is not a quarterback. He'll never be a quarterback. And I don't think the Jets helped him at all. I think the Jets really screwed him, if anything, to keeping him on the team for so long. You're right. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking. It just goes to show you, like you said, the Jets have no clue what the hell is going on. And, you know, I feel bad for fans like yourself who have given so much to They've given so much to this team. But, you know, we'll have to we'll have to shift gears for a second because right now uh, we have a caller on the line. I have no idea who it is. It's an 845 number. But let's uh, throw it out there. This is Pure Hello. Gold. Who is this and where are you calling from? Hey, this is Joey. I'm from New York. Hey, Joey, how are you? What would you like to talk about? Hey, so I used to be a, a minor league pitcher. Uh, okay. Hello? Yeah. And um, so I just want to explain some things. Um, okay, so this is my opinions, but I think they're fact. Okay? I think that professional sports, they have destroyed the people in this country because they just turned people into passive, like, television addicts. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, what do you mean? Like, explain that. How? Well, think how of it, think of it this way. Pro sports all they promote is capital values of mindless competition, 
And like being an athlete is not a competition. It's just it's just it's just conquering your body and mind. All it does is dehumanize the populace. You know what I mean? Okay. It just uh, destroys the active spirit of the populace by turning people into obese, lethargic viewers. Well, all just for these big billionaires to make money. I mean, you can say that about TV in general, but I don't know how how professional sports specifically would turn you into being a a fat, mindless viewer. You know, somebody lethargic. I mean, you could do that with any form of television, not necessarily just uh, whatever, bro. Sports. All right, Joe. Uh, thanks for the call. Which I don't know what the point of that was, but um. But we got a caller, a fan. How about that, Dave? Yeah, what a great call from a total whack job. Thanks for nothing, pal. What a waste of time that was. People need to have something better to do. You talk about losers, man. This guy, and I don't think he realizes that I have his phone number up on here. So, uh, you know, get a clue, pal. Anyway, oh, boy. (laughs) Only on this show would we have this kind of stuff happen. Hell, we need a call screener. We need to get these people, these whack job nutbags off our show, and for whatever reason, the only people who ever seem to call this show are guys like Joe, who are clueless buffoons, who have no clue what the hell they're talking about in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, but at least he, our show sparks some interest, and he's like, I gotta call these guys and talk about what's yeah, on my mind. Yeah, I gotta mind. call these guys and talk about nothing, talk about stupidity, but thanks for nothing, so now I know if, if another phone number comes in that's not recognizable, we are not gonna be taking that phone call. What a waste yeah. joke that was. What were we talking about before this schmuck called in? Who cares? Who knows? And who wants to go to the next topic? Let's uh, let's get to the next couple nuggets because it looks like we might not have our next guest call in. And uh, yeah, I have no idea what happened to Miss South Dakota, but apparently she is not calling in. I've been I've been texting her for quite a while, and I guess she took a nap or something. But uh, you uh yeah, know. apparently, yeah, apparently Miss North Dakota uh, beat down Miss South Dakota, and Jessica will not be on the show tonight. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Jessica. But I guess we'll have to wait and see if she calls it. Uh, so you were saying, sir? Yeah, two last quick nuggets before we wrap up uh, what potentially will be the last Pure Gold show ever, or maybe not. But uh, let's talk about the one um, thing that uh, we read on Yahoo, and you wanted me to nugget this, about a man losing his life savings. Talk <laughs> about some white trash losing his life savings on a carnival game. Yeah, I think it was actually Joe who just called in. I think that uh, he realized that his life was ruined because he spent all his money, so he decided to call him pure gold. What a putz. This guy, sir, $2,600, life savings, whatever it is, you can knock the amount. But, man, if you want to win an Xbox that bad that you're willing to spend thousands of dollars, you know what? Go to the store and buy one, you buffoon. What a waste. I feel ashamed to know this person. You talk about white trash. This person is just is just a, a horrible parent. This is a disgrace in every way, shape, and form. Sir, how do you spend over two thousand dollars? Twenty six hundred to be exact on a sir, on a game. An absolute joke. A disgrace. Are you kidding me? <laughs> sir, you can go buy and as a matter of fact, I'm gonna go I'm gonna look up right now, I'll go to Toys R Us dot com. I'm gonna find out how much an Xbox costs so I can tell that guy who's Joe's cousin who just called in. I'm going to tell you, you know what, go and buy it at Toy... Oh, wait, you can't, because you just spent your life saving. What an idiot. Sir, how is it possible that somebody... And then the fact is that he wants to sell the carnival, really, oh, it was rigged. It was so rigged that you spent thousands of dollars on it? Are you kidding me? What a disgrace. What a joke. You're making us all sick. Absolutely. They stink. Yeah, talk about they stink. I feel ashamed for his children. I feel ashamed for his wife, if he has one, if she doesn't left them yet? Are you $2,600? Oh, 
Apparently you're not kidding me because uh, the guy did spend twenty six hundred. I think there's a lawsuit after that. Is that correct? Hey man, what are you gonna sue? Who are you <laughs> suing? You should sue yourself. Sir, you should sue yourself. Are you kidding me? An Xbox three sixty is two hundred dollars, and I don't think that's. I think he was getting the the connect. The connect is three hundred. Um, hell, the most I see is three hundred, four hundred for a game bundle. You could have bought like like ten of them. Actually, no. You could have bought like six of them and sold them and made your money back. Come on! So much trash in this world, and that, that yeah, you want to nugget that. I mean, let's end it, sir, with a, a big controversial topic that happened this past Monday, or happened this. I was trying to get another caller to call in another one of our past guests to talk about that, but apparently the only person who calls in is this wacko Joe, <laughs> whoever the hell he is from New York. Yeah, wacko indeed. Let's end it, sir, in style with the hot topic of the week of the month, the fact that former Nets current wizard Jason Collins Center, Jason Collins, came out and is the first active athlete to admit he's a homosexual, a gay athlete. Sir, your thoughts on this hot topic? My thoughts on this hot topic is that it should not be a topic. I think it's an absolute joke and an embarrassment and a disgrace that this is a time... And, you know, I'm not trying to knock gay people. I'm not trying to rip them or anything. I get it, you know, that they, they have struggled. And I'm not trying to knock the fact that there have been straight people who have fought them and beat them up and spit on them and just been absolute miserable scum human beings to them, which that is something that I do not condone. But I guess you can go be a, a fat, lazy piece of trash, like our, our last caller was saying, just sit at home, watch TV, and watch these hate crimes happening. But... You know, the fact is that why do I need to know that Jason Collins is gay? Why do, Why does he feel the need to come out of the closet and tell everyone, I like men. I, you know, have sex with men. I, I don't understand that. I don't understand. I don't care who he's having sex with, you know. And this is such a multifaceted topic. We can go in so many different directions, and I want to cover this for a while, so we probably will get into an overrun. Um, sir, this is, a, this is a joke. We're, we're moving to a country where we're basically being forced to accept things and what, what amazes me, sir, what absolutely 100% amazes me and baffles me, sir, is how a guy like Chris Broussard from ESPN goes and says his biblical opinion, what, what the Bible actually says about gays and what it says about, you know, sexual immorality, and yet he's being vilified for, for hate speech and being a homophobe. That amazes me, and the reason it amazes me is because his actual, the context of what he said, he went into great deal to discuss heterosexual sin, homosexual sin, adultery, fornication, things that straight people do and gay people do, and as what the Bible calls it, as sin, unrepentant sin before God. But yet, he gets vilified because all people here, all the libs in the media here is, they hate, and he's hating, and he hates, and he hates gays. Sir... He's accused of being a bigot. Do you know what a bigot is, sir? Do you know what that word means? No, do tell, do tell. A bigot is a noun, and it is a person who is utterly intolerant of any differing creed, belief, or opinion. That hmm. is the definition. That You know what? I'm a bigot because I'm a Christian, and I believe that Christians are right and everybody else is wrong. I'm a bigot. You know who else is a bigot? Every Jew. You know who else is a bigot? Every Muslim. You know who else is a, is a bigot? Every human being who rips and hates and spits on other people for differing opinions and for giving their opinions 
and for expressing their opinions because the gay people out there, the gay rights activists who are saying, you know, hating on him and, you know, Rosie O'Donnell, the people who, who don't support gay marriage to get cancer and die, you're a bigot and you're the scum of the earth. All those people, all those gay people out there ripping heterosexuals, ripping Christians for their opinions, they're bigots, and people don't seem to understand what the word bigot means because if they did, they would quickly realize that they are just as much a bigot as the people they accuse of so being bigots. So the hypocrisy in this country stinks to high heaven, and this country is going straight down the toilet. Because why can't someone like Chris Broussard have his own opinion based on the Bible? Why does he have to applaud gays? Why does he have to think that gays are right? This country is uh, freedom of speech as long as you agree with everything I tell you. It's a disgrace. It's a joke. And it makes me want to vomit. I just don't know. Um, I mean, if, if I could quote like somebody famous, what was the point of coming out in, in any regard? Because the guy's an athlete. How does his sexual preference um, determine anything of what kind of athlete he was? I, to me, it makes no sense. Well, I think – see, here's the conspiracy theorist in me. Why come out now? He's technically the first uh, – you know, you pointed this out – technically the first active athlete. But technically he's not because he hasn't been signed to a contract. Uh, I believe the name, man's name is – well, I'm not even going to say his name because uh, I'm not sure the exact name. But a columnist came out and said that – your boy, David Stern, should use his power, his executive power, to force, sir, force a team to sign Jason Collins so that he can be an active roster member for the entire year so that he can be, they can be as important to uh, civil rights as Jackie Robinson was in the 40s with baseball in 1947. And speaking of which, I saw a 42, an amazing film, a great film in every aspect, every way, shape, and form. You should go watch it, sir. But aside from that, when you have uh, something like that happening and you have someone like Jackie Robinson, who, again, a hero to many, and now people are comparing the gay rights movement to the black you know, movement in terms of slavery and stuff like that and segregation, I, I, that's a bit extremely far-fetched to me. But aside from that, sir, when you look at you know, what, what we're discussing, when you look at the whole Jason Collins thing, he came out of the closet, and I wonder if he did it so that he can get sympathy. I wonder if he did it so that he can get someone to sign him because his career is over. You know, I read I read some great quotes on the articles, some some great comments saying the real story here is not that he's gay, but the fact that he's been able to, you know, with an average of four points a game and four rebounds as a center to even have a career in the NBA in 700 games. That's the real story, and it amazes me. And then people talk about him being a hero, this and that. Well, it turns out from the latest uh, reports and stories, you know, he had a, he had a fiancé. They were dating for eight years, sir. In eight years, you know they were having inappropriate sexual relations, as it were, as it relates to the Bible, and he was having sex with other men. This guy's a hero. He knew that he was gay for a long time, he said. So he led this woman on. It's no different than if a straight man, you know, sleeps around on his partner, if a, if a, a straight woman sleeps around on her partner and has sex with other men, unprotected sex, you know, whatever kind of sex you can think of. Why is it? Why is this guy a hero? Because he lied to a woman and let her on for eight years and basically gave her some garbage reason, right? You talk about a garbage reason for giving someone, hey, you know, it's over, I'm sorry. Not even telling her the truth. If at least he had told her the truth and said, hey, you know, I'm gay and uh, I don't want to hurt you, blah, blah, blah. At least that would be respectable, but he didn't. And apparently he was having sex with men the whole time he was with her, most of the time that he was with her. So who knows if this woman has some sort of STD? I mean, come on, this guy, hero, how is he a hero? 
it's a disgrace to me that he's being applauded for coming out of the closet. Who cares if he's gay? Why do, why do I have to know someone's sexual preference? I mean, straight people don't come out and say, hey, I'm straight. Other than Mike Piazza, who's accused of being gay, I can't think of anybody else who's had a press conference to say, I'm not gay. I don't understand why everything has to have a press conference and everything has to have, you know, it's 2013. People are gay. We get it. But why does it have to be forced down our throats? And again, with Jason Collins, eight years of this woman's life ruined and wasted, almost ten years. I get that bad relationships do happen, and sometimes you're in a relationship for six, seven, eight years, and it just doesn't work out. But this was a farce. He knew he was gay, and he let her on. What kind of hero is he, sir? That's what I don't know. What kind of hero is he? I think the bottom line is that this is a a great day or a great moment for the liberals. And another reason to not not say that we don't uh, we hate them, but just don't agree with their views because this is just um, a celebration for them to just say, you know, this guy is a hero because now a lot more people could come out. And to me, what is the point of everything of, of, of that stuff? The, these guys are athletes more than anything. Nobody needs to know your sexual orientation if you're an athlete. You're you're paid to perform on the the court, the field, the ice. You're not, you know, you're not on the you're not an athlete to promote your sexual orientation. So to me, it made no sense. Absolutely makes no sense. But this is the world we're living in, where everybody has to come out of the closet and everybody has to tell everybody what their sexual preference is and. Like I said, pretty soon we're going to have straight people coming out of the closet and saying I'm straight. I just, I think it's 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 the world we're living in. It's not a good one. It's going down the wrong road, and, and I feel, I weep for my children, for the type of country they're living in, because there's no doubt that one day in the near future, gay marriage is going to be the, I guess it's going to be the norm, and regardless of if who wants it or not, you know, straight people don't may not want it, or Christians don't want it, or whatever the majority wants, but apparently 2% of the population is gay, but yet... They wield an amazing amount of power, which has always baffled me, and the fear that people seem to have of of gays. But what really gets me is the hypocrisy of it, the fact that, you know, you can be gay, and, you know, if you don't agree with me, you're the scum of the earth, and I hate you, and you're garbage, but, you know, it's okay because I'm gay and I can call you whatever I want, but if you're straight and you sit here and you don't uh, agree with my lifestyle, then you're, you're a bigot, you're this, you're that. Well, you know what? I got news for you. You're all a bunch of bigots, and you all need to just get a clue. Why do I have to be forced? Why do I have to think that what you do is okay? Why do I have to think that your lifestyle is all right? I, last I checked, this is America, and we, we're entitled to have our own opinions. So hopefully Chris Broussard doesn't get fired. Hopefully, you know, Mike Wallace of the Dolphins, who was ripped, because all he said was, with so many beautiful women in the world, he doesn't understand why dudes want to mess with other dudes, and apparently that's inappropriate, and he was ripped left and right. It's a joke, sir. It's a disgrace, and the gay agenda is getting completely out of control. With that, sir, that pretty much um, is a microcosm of what this this last two and a half years has been, where we can basically talk about everything and anything, and we do tell it like it is. We've talked about the NFL draft. We were supposed to have a Miss South Dakota on, but we didn't. But if we did, can you imagine the range of topics that we had? We broke down the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs. We talked about the Mets. And then we finally talked about the hot topic, which was Jason Collins. This show really does bring you anything and everything. It's not just one theme. It's not one topic. It's it's everything that's going on in the world, the way we see it, through our eyes. That's why we are PG. We are pure gold. You're absolutely right. The greatest show ever. Special thanks to Julie Bueller for calling in and, you know, being a great guest. No thanks to that tool who called in earlier, whatever his face is, and schmuck was nothing better to do. Unfortunately, we were not able to have Jessica Albers on the show. Hopefully, whenever we come back and 
if we come back, we'll be able to have her on the program because it's just, you know, things didn't work out for whatever reason. We're taking a break now, and hopefully we'll be able to come back at some point. You know, we do look pure gold, and I'm hoping that there will be a time where we will be on 970 getting paid. We'll be on ESPN getting paid. We'll be on Sirius getting paid. Some station getting paid to do what we love to do, entertain the fans, the many of you listening right now, live and across the Internet. Joe, I can't thank you enough, sir. This has been a great run, and although it's not goodbye, it's so long for now. Thanks so much to everyone who's been a part of the show over the years and has just made it so wonderful. You are the absolute best. We thank you so, so very much. And, uh, you know, there's nothing left to say or do but this. What's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold? Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure (laughs) Gold. You guys are awesome. Yes, we are, and so are you. Good night, everyone. We say goodbye to you for now, our old friends. Make sure to check us out, puregoldpg.com. Of course, email us, puregoldpg at yahoo.com, so you can share your opinion on our show, our guest, and all that other goodness. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold signing off and reminding you to always keep it PG. Good night, everybody, possibly forever. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.